Hello friends and welcome to your midweek slice of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. Uh, here we are again. I'm your host Mark Heath with Andy Warren, a mini pod, a pod light today. And Andy, I say here we are again because here we are again. Ipswich Town have exited a cup competition at the very first hurdle to a lower league side, which would be normally reason to be sad. And I got up this morning feeling pretty down about things. Not only that, but Stuart's away, Mike's away, I'm missing them. You're off tomorrow, which means there's a real danger. I might have to do some work tomorrow, which is never good. Um, but then, friend, I was invigorated by sexy stuff this morning. Obviously, we knew about Richard Keogh <laughs> signing yesterday. I don't I want, want to know, mate. I was, <laughs> yeah, no, let's, not, let's, not, let's not go there. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So I was, Richard Keogh, we knew he was signing yesterday. Um, and I wasn't, I've got to say, I wasn't particularly excited about it, um, given, you know, he's quite a, an, a veteran defender, certainly not one that would pass the Ross Hall's test in terms of signings. Um, but then I watched his interview this morning and I was uplifted by it, my friend, because it was an incredibly positive and impressive interview from someone coming to the club. So obviously at some point we are going to have to mention the fact they lost to Colchester last night, but let's, let's try and stave that off for a little while and talk about Town making their seventh signing of the summer. Veteran defender, it has to be said. 36 tomorrow, Thursday. Richard Keogh, Andy Warren, what do you make of this one? I'm glad I'm, I'm glad he's turned you uh, turned you towards him with his with his six-minute club interview. Um yeah, on, on the face of it, a bit of a a bit of a surprising one, when it when you first hear about it, it's not a position, it's not a position Ipswich are in need of of bodies in, particularly. But then the more you think about it. The more, the more it makes sense. This, this is a man who's who's played nearly seven hundred games in his career. Only Albert Adoma has played more matches in the history of the championship than him. Um, so he brings vast experience. But not only that, he he brings recent experience too. He's played he's played seventy five matches in the last two seasons. This isn't this isn't a kind of a bit part veteran who's who's dipping in and out of games. Sure, he picks up knocks a little bit easier now than he would have done during a, a career that's been extremely durable. Um, but he's playing. He's playing games. Um, he's not going to be needed to play 40 games for Ipswich this season, I wouldn't have thought. But um, he's a really high-level performer. So uh, I think the deal they've managed to get him on is is a, is a bit of a no-brainer, really. And... and Listening to the the thinking over it explained um, kind of makes an awful an awful lot of sense. Do you want to explain the thinking? Because you you spoke to Kieran obviously last night before it was official, but he did give a bit of insight into into the thinking. Because I guess that would be the the thing that people were saying yesterday is well, why why do we need someone like Richard Keogh? And 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 if that's going to mean Corian Darbo goes out on loan again, not too sure about that. Um, but but McKenna kind of explained that a little bit, didn't he, last night? Yeah. Um, so it, I think it's an, an acknowledgement of how how young that area of the pitch is for Ipswich. We know that Wolfenden and Edmondson are, are really high potential players who we've got great hopes for for what they might do in the in the years to come, hopefully together. But they they are they're not they're not vastly experienced. Um and having looked around teams that win promotion from this division Kieran McKenna, Mark Ashton have found that more often than not, you'll find a player of significant experience in in the defensive unit. Um, then, when you look up and down the Ipswich Town team, I, I put it to Kieran that 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 Sonny Aluko, Shawnee Aluko, would um, would be a good example of the benefits that someone of that experience can bring, and, and he he agreed with that. He obviously is a really good role model for the attacking players the midfield players he say look he says look after themselves with with Morsi Evans and, and Ball three really experienced mm. players themselves they they don't need a mentor in there um they can they can do that themselves but the defense really did so um in, in my mind it looks almost like kind of a finishing school for for Luke Wolfenden and George Edmondson um mm. which which can only be a good thing he will play games though I'm sure of that this isn't just a this isn't just a, a behind the behind the scenes um, mentoring job for him here. I, I feel sure he's going to play 
plenty of football. Yeah, a, a brief apology before we move on. Um, Benson's in the room. He's snoring. That's in no way a reflection on the entertainment levels of the pod so far. I hope you'll agree or what Hutchie's saying. It's just that he's a bulldog uh, and that's what they do. Um, and also, before we move on, Hutchie, you, you mentioned there Shawnee. I believe we've had confirmation in that interview that Keogh provided this morning, which is another highlight for me. It is indeed Shawnee. Referencing players that he knows, players he's played against, he he says Sammy and Shawnee. So I think we may have as close to. I told you this months ago. Definitive. Why, well, why why have you needed to wait till the tenth of August and Richard Keogh to pop up and? Because I thought I thought the last the last time we chatted about this, you said we were going to get it straight from Shawnee's mouth. Um, I haven't seen we, him we, since. We were waiting for that. Um, so I believe that's as close as we're going to get until we speak to to Shawnee. Um, that that is indeed the way Aluko's name is pronounced. So I think we should probably move towards that. Um, evolve, use the terminology Serena Williams used yesterday, evolve towards that uh, a name um, going forward. The thing I liked about about the interview, Andy, Keo, um, because as I say, when you first said that that was happening yesterday, my first reaction was, why? He's, he's old um, and I, I couldn't really see a place for him. But having watched the interview, it's, 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 it's turned me completely around. A, there's a really nice kind of coming home element to it. He started out at Ipswich Town as a, as a youngster. He was a ball boy at Portman Road. His family are all from Essex. His dad was a massive, uh, sorry, granddad was a massive Ipswich Town fan. It was a big part of his, um, the reason that he plays football. And B, because he was really kind of realistic and open about what he's here to do. It wasn't like he's, he's here to play every game and, and you know, be, be a star, as it were. He's very much saying, look, when I'm off the pitch, I'm here to drive standards and, and to help develop these great young centre-backs that are here. So he's, he's, he's come here with no doubt as to what his role is going to be. Clearly very experienced, a leader in the way he speaks, which and you can never really have too many of those, um, as long as they're the right sort of leader, alongside the likes of Morsey. So, yeah, I think overall, I can see it being a, a really good, sensible... It's not super exciting or super sexy, is it? It's not It's not a, a new striker, let's be honest, but it's just a sensible move, Andy, and, and sometimes that's a good thing. I can tell, I can tell you are sold. Um, yeah. Has he got a nickname? No, we don't do nicknames anymore because for reasons we'll come on to in, in short order. Yes, we get on the nightmare. We'll get yeah. on to that. Um, yeah, I, look, I think he's a good football fit as well. Like, mm. not all not all thirty six year old centre backs are just true kind of battering ram warrior centre backs. He he can do that, but he's he's yeah. always been really comfortable on the ball as well. He can play either side in a in a in a back line. Um, and is to an extent, to an extent versatile. So it, this isn't just kind of the man to put on to kick people, which which sometimes you might look at the thirty six year old and think that's what their job's going to be. He's he's more than that. He always has been. Um, so yeah, I think he, I, I think it. Yeah, it's a it's a really a really good signing. And and it, I think what I like is it's a good example of what the club are able to do and what they're thinking about now. I don't mm. know if in years past Ipswich would be one financially able to carry players to kind of mentor others. Yes, obviously teams look to add experience and things like that, but in years past and at most other clubs up and down the leagues, this this would have been a you have to get someone out if you want to bring someone in kind of job mm. obviously Corian Darba's gonna go out on loan that's slightly different but um Ipswich are in a position to do it and they're thinking about doing these things as well. It's um it's 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 both planning for the future and positively benefiting in the short term mm. as well. So um yeah it, it it'll prove to be a good one mm. I think it's it's worth mentioning as well that obviously we know everything that happened at at Derby previously, but he's been he's mm. been at three three clubs since M- MK Dons, Huddersfield, and Blackpool, and I think every single time he's surpassed expectations. He's he's mm. always been at each of those clubs. He's turned up as veteran Richard Keogh, who uh, obviously earlier earlier on there's some that there were reasons why his his signing for the clubs were was quite notable. Um, but each time, I think he's he's kind of left with supporters thinking actually he did a really good job. For us, yeah. certainly his managers in that time couldn't have spoken any highly, any more highly of him. So, mm. um, this isn't this isn't a guy who's here to just 
just see out his days. He's been playing a lot of football. I think he, mm. I think he could play a fair amount here as well. What I will say about the Derby thing, I mean, obviously that will get mentioned in reference to to his name. Um, but there's a really good interview out there which he did with the Guardian. Um, if you've not read it, about that time in his life, that exit from Derby, um, how he was treated by by the club and how that affected him because he, he obviously seriously injured as well in that incident uh, and having to kind of come back from that. Um, it's a really, really good read. So if you've got five minutes, 10 minutes, just Google Richard Keogh Guardian interview um, and have a read of that. Uh, if you've got any concerns at all, kind of about the, the Derby incident, which I don't really want to dive too much into because it's a long time ago now. Um, a lot of feedback from the Kawe army. I put out a, a, a feeler this morning, just asking for the thoughts. I thought it might be quite mixed, Andy. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, um, but it's been pretty much, I would say 99% positive. Um, just read out a couple. Uh, Simon Bennett says, very well thought of signing. It's got Tony Mowbray written all over it. His experience will be so valuable on and off the pitch to those young ones um, like Wolfie. Great work by all involved. Uh, another one here. Where are we? Uh, that's a good one. Just by Neil Sharp. Fantastic signing, given his experience of defence and his leadership qualities. Plus, he's been there and done it. And it was actually... Um, I'm sure I can find it now. There's actually a Blackpool fan in here as well that said you've got basically got a really solid good quality player there so overwhelmingly i think it's been treated positively yeah yeah the, the i think the tony mowbray one is is one <clears throat> the comparison there that's one that instantly sprung to mind for me to Mow, mowbray was a bit younger when he turned up at ipswich in 95 from mm. from celtic um but he brought some experience and a, and a calm head then but in 99 he, he basically came out of retirement at 36 to kind of solidify a defense that that needed that that kind of treatment he wasn't supposed to be playing but he ended up playing pretty much the whole season and we all know what happened at happened at the end of that mm. end of that season with promotion at Wembley so I, that's a good um that did spring to mind immediately with me actually that 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 that's a, a fairly good comparison from the fairly recent past at Ipswich Town. It, it used to be the fairly recent past. It's not really anymore. It's a quarter of a decade ago. Quarter of a century. Yeah, that's it. Quarter of a century. <laughs> quarter yeah. of a century. God damn, I'm old, Hutchie. Mm. Um, a few more before we move on. Daryl Hood says it's a sensible signing. Not going to set the world alight, but it just makes sense. Experienced campaign, a blood and guts defender, and experience to bring the likes of Edmondson and Wolfie onto the next level. Not sure what's not to like. Tony Rand. Whatever the reasons, it's important to realise that every so often you need a bit of been there and done it. Whether that's on or off the pitch, it'll be good to have around. I like the move a lot. Hashtag Grizzly. I say the old uh, silver beard does does make him add an extra edge, I reckon, to the signing for me, Hutchie. I don't know if he uh, would sign up to our, to our sponsor. Um, Daniel <laughs> O'Reilly, smart business, adds strength to the already fairly strong defence. Um, but we do need a striker, otherwise I feel we'll fall short of the playoffs. And just finally, Steve Mellon, our old friend Steve Mellon, was playing for a championship club and their fans seem gutted he's left. What's not to like? So a few a few thoughts there, as I say, pretty much overwhelmingly positive. Um, any other thing to mention on this signing, Hutchie, before we have to um, unfortunately talk about Cole Yu? Just thinking aloud about where where and when he might play is, yeah. is interesting. Ipswich, to me at the moment, seem caught between playing with the, the kind of the back three hybrid system that we've seen for much of McKenna's time in charge and a, and a and a true flat back four. I think it was more of a back four at times last night. Um, so be interesting to see where he fits in because you'd think that in a back four, the starting centre-back pairing would probably be Wolfenden and Edmondson. But um, yeah, It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see where he fits in because if 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 it switches to a back three, is there a possibility that the scenario we've previously discussed with Danassian sliding out of the the team comes to pass with Keo in the middle and, and Wolfenden switching a little bit? Um, it's not impossible. I'll be I'll be interested to see. I I, I honestly don't know where he's going to slip into this, but he can play left. He can play right. He's comfortable on the ball, so uh, I feel sure that he will get games at some point. It also feels like a first step towards a transition into coaching, doesn't it, for him? Whether that'll be at town or not, um, I don't know. But yeah, um, sensible move all round, I think, would be the way to describe that one. Right then, um, I suppose it's not sensible, Hutchie, but we have to talk about it. Town went out of the Carabao Cup at the first hurdle again last night. They absolutely dominated the game. Um, 
Rakeem the Dream gifted the user goal. I mean, on that note, obviously people are slamming him. It's not his fault. He's almost he's almost too much a visionary, Hutchie. Uh, it's not his fault the players around him can't see the openings that he sees. Um, no one would have expected him to pass it straight across his own box there to the Cole U player. Uh, but hey, <laughs> Mark Keith. Mark <laughs> Keith, come on. I've got a question. When does this stop? Uh, well, it stops when he, he leaves. Doesn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. talk about it then, Hutchie. Come on, let's let's get into it. Obviously, they lost. It, it's pretty depressing that they keep going out of the cup at this at this time against lower league opposition again. After again a fairly positive start to the season, it feels like it's just brought a halt to that momentum. You were there on your own because Stewie and Mike can't be bothered to cover things. Um, so, what did you make of it? Um, the game's a pretty simple story to tell. Mm. As, um, everyone will have seen that. The mistake now it was, it was a big mistake, extremely sloppy, um, and it meant that a Colchester team that had been on the already had been on the back foot for the first half an hour to an Ipswich team that dominated to the ball, seventy-eight possession across the night. But that goal meant that Colchester had something to hang on to and something to defend, and they dropped that bit deeper after that. They didn't allow Jackson to wriggle in behind. They didn't allow John Jules to get in behind, and, and Ipswich couldn't. Couldn't break them down. They dominated from that point on, but Sam Hornby in the in the Colchester goal, if we're being brutally honest, wasn't wasn't overly tested. And in terms of the game itself, it's a pretty pretty simple pretty simple story really that we've we've seen before. We will probably see again. Um, and um, yeah, very frustrating. Hmm. There is obviously bigger fish to fry this season, Andy, but. We, we feel like we have this conversation all the time about the, the impact on momentum and stuff. And clearly there was a lot of changes made. Um, how did you how did you feel about that? There were 10 changes, weren't there, um, last night to, the, to decide? Yeah. You, you seem fairly fairly sanguine about that. No, it's just what... Uh, it, we spoke... Mike and I spoke about this on... Both in the car on the way home on Saturday and on the podcast on Monday. And that we, we have our... You know, people have their thoughts on it. Mm. But this is the way this is the way it is. I, I, I can't kind of begin to get really angry about it. Maybe that's the the, the old Ipswich Town apathy coming like wafting back over again that we've spoken mm. about for so many years. But like it probably isn't the way that I would if I was a football manager, the way that I would use that cup game. It probably isn't. I don't look I I, I don't know about sports science. Mm to the level anywhere close to the level that the, the guys in charge do i don't see the data mm. um but it look, it wouldn't it i would have liked to have seen some of the players kind of play their way into some really good form last mm. night but I, I i can't i can't sit here and be angry about it because we all knew that the changes were coming so it it it, it is what it is in that in that respect but i don't i don't think you're ever going to see a completely changed team like that that's that's never played together as an 11 before and probably never will do again they're not going to come in and just click and be fluid it's just not going to happen mm. so um yeah yeah maybe it, it's it's just that apathy isn't it it kind of it is it is what it is it is what it is, and clearly it was an opportunity for, for players to play their way into McKenna's thinking, grab the opportunity with both hands, Andy. Would I be fair in assessing that that not really any of them did? Nope. Don't I don't think so really. We didn't I don't think we learned an awful lot new about a lot of the players last night. There were some good performance some decent performances in there. I think Cameron Cameron Humphreys missed some chances he he would really want to be at least hitting the target with and, and probably scoring. Um but saying that he was he was really really positive young player who, for that first half an hour, was kind of at the heart of everything, popping up on the edge of the box, inside the box, in some really good positions, good on the ball, used it well. Some things to work on. He got dispossessed a few times when when he maybe should have used it a bit quicker. But but he's young and he's still learning. So if there was positives to take, he would be one of them. I quite enjoyed watching Luke Wolfenden battle away with Frank Newble. Um, it was an interesting battle. Wolfenden gave as good as he got. He he swept up and covered a few a few times, and I'm sure he'll be back in the team on on Saturday after missing Forest Green due to illness. Um, Shawnee Aluko was the player that we know he is. 
didn't learn anything new about him. He didn't he didn't play badly, mm. I didn't think, but we didn't learn anything anything new about him. And um yeah, sadly Jackson and John Jules, kind of the um the hit squad from the from the bench who have been sort of so effective in those first two league games, couldn't do it together from from the start of the game. Um Kyle Edwards was I get a bit frustrating. He he wants to he wants to make it happen. He, the efforts there, the the endeavour is there. He wants to tease a fullback. He tries something positive every time, but it didn't always come off, and the delivery wasn't there. Same with Kane Vincent Young. Um, Greg Lee was solid. I don't think we learned anything new about Greg Lee because we we knew mm. that we knew that about him, knew that about him already. So um, yeah, I I think we can fully expect a team in, including. The usual faces to return for the for the mm. game at the week for the game at the weekend. And speaking about usual faces, obviously there's some old faces or old dogs, as Roscoe called them quite disrespectfully on Monday's podcast. Um, Chambers et al. coming back to Portman Road in front of a crowd. What kind of reception did did those boys go? And uh, how did they how did they perform? They got really good reception um, during the warm up. A nice <laughs> round of applause, a big cheer for both of them, both Cole Skews and Luke Chambers when they're. Their names were read out before kickoff. Mm. Um, Cole got a really good reception, reception when he was substituted, and then after after going to celebrate with the Colchester fans, and he looked like he really enjoyed um, win, winning a cup game because <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he's yeah. it's not uh, not something he'd be overly used to. But he enjoyed the celebrations with his own supporters. Now he Luke Chambers then went round three sides of the ground with Ipswich fans in and, and got a good reception from them on the way off the pitch as well. Um, I thought they both did okay. Cole Skews did Cole Skews things. Luke Chambers, I thought, had a, a pretty good game, actually. He he won some, with a score at nil-nil, he was winning some really good headers um, inside the box. Um, and then once Colchester were ahead, like I said, they all dropped a bit deeper, looked after Jackson and John Jules fairly well and um, defended defended well from that point on. So I think he'll be, uh, both of them will go away um Especially pleased with their with their performance and to get a win mm. at Portman Road, as would Wayne Brown, who who's obviously also a former Ipswich defender, now Colchester manager. I think that would have meant an awful lot to him um, and to his club as well. Mm. Okay, should we move on, Andy? Any other notes from that game? Uh, no other note. No other notes from the game. Same time Excellent. next year. Yeah. Before before we do move on, can I just say on the general note of. Um rotation and changing teams and stuff um yes it does kind of annoy me that that many changes are made and changing a winning team and stuff and there's the arguments either way isn't there but can we stop using teams of yesteryear as an example of why you should never change a team yes like year are we talking 40 50 years ago yes players played like a million games and there are only 16 players in a squad but to compare that to now to me, it's just nonsensical and it doesn't help the conversation because it's you cannot compare those two eras. Technically, yes, those players would be great wherever, whatever they played, but it was a completely different sport back then in terms of fitness, in terms of sports science, in terms of nutrition. The players now, the levels of athleticism, the levels of training they do are just light years ahead of that point. So it, for me, it, it's not really helpful to say, well, we only had 16 players back then and they all played a million games and we're fine because... I just don't think you can compare like for like in that way. Um, Hutchie, am I am I out of order? Bang, out of order. No, I uh, <laughs> no, I no, I agree. It's um, that's not the argument. I don't think it's not it, it's not about the eighties, is it? It's about yeah, it's about the here and now. There's valid arguments for and against doing it, like based on kind of current current factors. But I would I would say what um what Mick Mills et al did in the eighties probably isn't comparable to where, to where we're at in, in modern day football. Mm, yeah. All right, let's move on. Modern day football. One more thing I want to mention before we get on to um, this weekend, Hutchie, uh, a bit of news. I think it was yesterday actually, wasn't it? The Plymouth kickoff has been moved game. In, in fact, has been put back to Sunday for Sky Sports coverage, which I guess in a way is good. You get to watch town on Sky, but the kickoff's 1230, Andy. Um, which to me seems grossly unfair for fans who would who would be travelling to that game. I mean, Plymouth is a long way away, so you're looking at a ridiculously early start. Um, it just seems to me that the fans are never really considered in things like this, which is 
frustrating. Yeah, um, it has at least happened with a little bit of notice this time. Mm. It's still six weeks until that game. There wasn't the Rotherham game last season that got switched with late on less than two weeks notice, 10 days, two weeks, something like that. Um, mm. Yeah. Get, getting to Plymouth for midday on a uh, on a Sunday is is going to involve an incredibly early start or a Saturday night away. But uh, I'd say at least at least this one has been done before tickets have gone on sale. Um, I think I think that's probably correct. Like the Rotherham the Rotherham game, people already had tickets for it and were then told that actually it's happening on a different day now. Mm. So. Um, at least on, at least on this occasion, that there are people now that that can at least buy a ticket, knowing what the what the deal was and when the game is being played. Yeah, still seems a bit unfair to me. Anyway, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Right, then, Andy, we've got to finish this mini pod, aiming for half an hour or so this week, with looking at MK Dons this weekend and million pound picks. Of course, we have to reflect on which um, I've got to say, having listened on Monday. Mike Bacon giving you nine to one on on Tyrese John Jules to both score and assist in a game. I know he said the bookmakers have got to make money, but no one would ever bet with him if if those were the odds. No, <laughs> so he, that man's uh, a loose cannon, isn't he? He, I, 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 yeah, he, he says what he thinks as soon as he thinks it at times, and uh, I humoured him. I probably would have turned that bet down in real life, but yeah. I hadn't thought of another one. So uh... <laughs> nine, nine to one, unbelievable. Anyway, so you put some money on. Are we doing? Are we doing cup games this season as well? Yeah, why not? Okay, there we go. So how much money did you lose? Fifty grand. Fifty grand. Anyway, we're still up, aren't we? Because Morsey Morsey banged yeah. last weekend. MK yeah. Dons this weekend, Andy. It's obviously we are literally just hours a, a, apart from town playing last night. So I haven't really had a lot of chance to to think about. MK Dons this weekend. Obviously, I've signed a player too since uh, since then. But MK Dons, on paper, obviously, you'd expect a side to be right up there with, with Town. They've not started very well, Andy. Um, they've lost both their, their first two league games without scoring. I know they, they got a win last night in the Cup. Um, so, on paper, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, them coming to Portman Road, having, having not won yet mm-hmm. and not scored yet. We'll find out, won't we? Um, <laughs> we will. It, it doesn't make them not a good team. It's still um, they, they're going to have they have a way of playing. Maybe that's going to take a little bit of time to for, for sort of the slight rebuild they've had to had mm. to undergo to get up to speed. Um, they're playing the next two games for Ipswich are against teams that are winless in the in the league so far. So. Um, in Burton and an MK Don. So yes, on paper, on paper, a really nice, uh, nice couple of games, but um, I'd still be uh, delighted if Ipswich came away with, with three points from this one. So uh, yeah, we'll see. They've got some good players and they'll have some good players on the pitch, MK Dons and, and good players are always capable of pr- producing a good result. Mm. So uh, not one to take like lightly. That sounds to me like a hutchism there. Good players are always capable of producing a good result. It's up there with uh, a win is better than a loss and other, other notable opines. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously one of those players is Louis Barry Hutchie, who uh, obviously signed on loan for them. I, I believe he started their last game uh, and came on as a sub in the first game. So he's seeing some action and he'll be, I mean, obviously they'll all be desperate to impress, but he will have extra ammunition, you'd imagine, coming to Portman Road if he does indeed start or, or come on the pitch at any point, which you expect him, he would do. Yeah, yeah. Um... Clearly, we didn't see the best of Louis Barry, did we? He, um, he's a supremely talented young player. We know that. It's just, um, I don't think that I don't think it was um, it was all set up particularly well for him at that point. He was one of a lot of players in that position. The minutes didn't come, and, and when they did, it was hard for him in a in a team that hadn't hadn't clicked and wasn't wasn't gelling. So. Um, MK Don should suit him, um, but sort of playing for a top end League One club is is going to be a, is, is a big step up for him after what his season actually played out as last season with with Swindon. So he he might be one that they would need to give time to 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 work. That doesn't mean he's not going to produce some good moments, but 
Um, there's him, him and Will Grigg, the attacking threats. Who look, they're both capable, aren't they? But we'll, um, we shall see. So I, I, I just, I want to see what Ipswich can do rather than than any opposition in these in these games. It's about Ipswich. I know that's that's a bit of a boring manager cliche, <laughs> um, but but it is. Fair enough. Um, and on that note, then, what would you do with the side? Anything? Or just revert back to the side that performed at, at, at Forest Green? Apart from maybe, would you bring, I assume you bring Wolfie back in for, for Burgess if he's yeah. fit and firing? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, the, I probably would. Probably would, to be honest, just go go back to it. I'd, just like for Forest Green, the one I'd be considering would be would be Aluko for a mm-hmm. start. I, I, I feel that Aluko probably will start one of these next two games. Um who know, who knows which one it will be? I think he might, but mm. look, there's there's players that are clearly going to come back into the team, aren't there? Walton, Edmondson, Morsi, Evans, Chaplin will start, I'm sure. Burns, Ladapo. It's mm. uh, yeah, I I think I think um I think revert back to that is is almost almost certain, really. Mm. Uh, it's a it's Wednesday. It's not even lunchtime on Wednesday, Andy. Do you have a million pound pick for Saturday? Please say yes. Yeah, I do. Um, I've got two. Oh, okay. Two small ones. Yeah. I think Freddie Ladapo is going to score his first Ipswich goal. And I think Sam Morsi will have two chances without scoring. But how do you, how do you qualify a chance? Two just just so two he, chances that people you think if of, he has a shot from distance does that count as a, as a chance? That's a stupid bet. Let's just go with Ladapo. <laughs> or do you mean you're going to have two chances you'd expect? No, him to score? void it, void it, mate. I've screwed the I've screwed it up and thrown it on the floor. It's Wednesday lunchtime. I I'll be honest. <laughs> Mk Mk Dons is not on my mind. I've I've messed up. I've screwed the betting slip up and chucked it in the bin. Um, that was a nonsense bet. And if you if you're about to bet on nonsense. Don't do it because because exactly. that's a, a valuable life lesson. So just avoid it. He's going to score again. Actually, ten grand on it, whatever price you give me. I'll give you, I'll give you seven to one on Morsey scoring. Yeah, he scored last weekend. So I'm bringing it down a little bit. Ladapo, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you nine to one on Ladapo. Okay, um, which I think is is quite generous. Yeah, um, it is quite generous, but. He's not scored yet. Not really had a, a, a massive amount of chances. Um, so I'll go seven to one on Morsey and nine to one on the Dapo, which on the basis of where they play on the pitch is completely nonsensical. But there you go. I feel like I need to do something for you after after Bacon's ridiculously short odds on huh. on, on the big cat. Yeah. So, uh, so what are we what are we putting on both? Ten on Morsey. Yeah. Fifty on the Dapo. Hundred on a hundred on Ladapo, a hundred thousand pounds. Returning a million if he scores at nine to one. Yeah, fantastic. I really hope he does score, Andy, uh, because I, the longer he goes without scoring, the, the more the narrative around oh we still haven't got a striker and, and that kind of stuff will go on, won't it? Um, yep. And from everything I've seen of him so far, I think he's doing a decent job. Is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, a, d- a decent, a decent job. Yeah, um, we need him to score though, don't we? We need a goal. Sorry yeah, to score. Uh, yeah. I, it's not, and I don't think that's just on him either. I think he had he had a couple of openings against Forest Green. Um, had one nice shot that was kind of clawed out of the top corner by the Forest Green keeper. Um, but I don't think Ipswich have quite kind of clicked into gear with with using him yet. What I liked about him in pre season was he, his ability to drift in behind defenders and and kind of hold the ball up a little bit and then lay it off and get back into the box. Not done that enough for me in these two. And I think that's a little bit of that's going to be on the the attacking the attacking players deeper behind him. So the whole the whole unit needs to needs to function well. Um I think. But um yeah, a decent a decent enough start, but he needs to they need to take their striking to the Yeah. The next we need level. a goal. We need a goal. We're still expecting a striker, I'd imagine, to come in anyway during this window, are we not? Before before it slams shut in what? Yeah, I'm, weeks time. Yeah, I I would say that's 
aside from any kind of tinkering and and, and sort of needs arising from players departing, I, I would say that's probably about it. Mm. If I'm honest, but um, which would be we eight. Have... We said six, didn't we? So it's it's kind of in the ballpark. Mm. I don't think anyone expected signing number seven to be Richard Keogh. No, but there you go. It is what it is, as they say in football. Um, right then, Hutchie. So prediction time again. It's ridiculous to ask you before we've even had the press conference, before we really know. We even had time to think about MK Dons, and we're kind of thinking out loud, really. But Arguably before we even care, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> I <Right>. always care. <laughs> oh, I always care. It's always on to the next one. Uh, so give me a prediction, which is 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 absolute nonsense in terms of the time period, but um, just, just throw something out there so people can latch onto it. Just as an aside, the two mascots at the game, a couple of the mascots at the game last night predicted 8-0 and 9-0 wins for Ipswich, which I which I really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> so in that vein, I think Ipswich will win 2-0 against Wilson Kingdoms. Okay, I'm going to... Uh, I always like to predict a win, but I'm, I feel like it might be a draw, this one. I'm going to say I'm going to say 1-1. Because I think after MK Don's start they've had, there's a danger that we might go into this thinking, well, Town will win this. But I think they're a decent side uh, and they'll be they'll be desperate to get on the board. So I'm saying 1-1. One, one. And I like Liam Manning as well. An excellent young coach. A lot of good young coaches in the league one, aren't there, Andy? Um, as an aside. Liam Le- Le- Manning, a former, uh, a, form- a former Ipswich Town youth teammate of Richard Keogh. I there believe. we go. There's there's hashtag narrative all over the place in this game, isn't there? Uh, before we before we sign off, actually, a few people were disappointed last week that I didn't go with the watcher is behind your shoulder game. So I'll put that right. That looks That's to me why like I've a... put I've put the same one there. That's why. Oh, is it? It looks yeah, to me like it's... a. Is it? It's Denmark, isn't it? No. What is that? Is that a dragon? It is a dragon. So for those just listening, audio wise, it's red, uh, white sleeves, and there's a there's a big green it looks like dragon on the kind of body of the shirt that looks like something that conor mcgregor would wear on a night out mate. i don't know if, i don't know if it's a dragon or a or a phoenix or a griffin maybe oh a griffin okay don't know if it's a griffin uh I've do you want to see the back of the shirt is there is there more is there more griffins on the back no nakata again no use to me really um, this European, is a classic. I'm... This is a classic, and I've I've, I've paid too much money for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, put me out of my misery. Who is it? What is it? Perugia. Very nice indeed. What what kind of era are we talking there? Then you say it's a classic. Ninety eight, ninety nine. Nice. And uh, when you say you've paid too much money, what kind of coin have you? Expended? Undisclosed fee. <laughs> I'm afraid. In case Mrs. Warren's listening, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she absolutely isn't listening because she has never once listened to a single minute of this podcast or read a single word that I've ever written about football, apart from kit rankings. Ah, she loves your them. Your opus, um, yeah. So your again, you, you've expended some serious coin on that, and it will sit on the rail for a while, will it, before you uh, put it in a box or something? Is that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Money might well, sell money... it. Might sell it one day. I enjoy it. <laughs> money well spent. Um, I've got to say as well before we move on that the, the kit rankings, Andy. I know they took you six weeks to put together. I'm not sure people fully appreciate just how much work would have gone into that. And also, <laughs> before we end this podcast, you've got a Bluetooth shower. Why haven't we yeah. talked about this before? How? What? Why do you need a Bluetooth shower? Is this so you can turn it on with your phone? But obviously, you're See, not what have I your like phone... here, Mark. That means you've read them. You haven't just gone through and looked at the pictures. You've read. You've actually read the rankings, which of course not, friend. Um, well, there's five thousand words there. I would do you a gross disservice. I wasn't reading your work, um, wouldn't I? As someone who is uh, in the content team with you, clearly I'm going to be reading your work, and I enjoyed it. But the thing that I took away mostly was the Bluetooth shower because I, you can turn your you can turn your shower on when you're sitting there. I'm assuming. I Which can turn it great. on now. You might be able to hear it in the back. Should I turn it on now and see if you see can, if we hear, can it? hear it? Yeah. This is this is great audio. Great. That's not going to work, is it? 
the screen you can't see that. No, Is you probably on? can't. I can see a blue circle. Yeah, you can't hear it, can you? It's not powerful enough, obviously. Can no, you ramp it, up the power oh, on is. there as well? No, I can I can't can't do power. I can do I can do temperatures for you. I can set it for a duration until it turns off. Um but here's 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 my question, right? So you can you can sit there and, and turn it on, which I'd admit there is there is some mileage in, in terms of practical joke kind of style. Um you can turn it on while Mrs. Warren is in there unsuspecting or turn it off when she's in there. Um but when you're in the shower, you obviously you're not gonna have your phone with you and you and your control panel's right next to you. So what's what's the benefit of, of a Bluetooth shower, Andy? Once this podcast is finished, yeah, I might want a shower. Do right. I want to stand there and wait for it to warm up? No. <laughs> Okay. I want to pr- press the button right now, and by the yeah. time I reach the shower, it will be hot, perfectly up to temperature, the temperature that I have set. Okay. Uh, my phone, and I jump straight in. Naked. So it's basically, it's ba- <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, I'd hope. Um, so it's literally that kind of minute of faff. That normally you have to have with a shower is it it's not even really a minute is it? it's normally about 20 seconds 15 10 seconds mm. that was worth you investing in a bluetooth shower yep <laughs> fair it enough it does monitor your water use as well um, okay the kind of the app that all comes as part of it i like it um it is really it comes into its own in the winter when the right. when it's cold in the morning you don't want to kind of get in because you, you know like some showers and ours is one of them you have to actually get in it to press the button right and then the cold water comes that is not what you want you can't lean in and press the button and then pull the thing back across while it warms up i don't want to do that okay (laughs) and i shouldn't have to you want to be able to turn you want to be able to turn your shower on while you're still lying in bed literally just fling the covers off and just walk straight into the shower like a boss that's basically what you're after yep okay and and it meant that I had something to write about Cheltenham's horribly average football <laughs> kit that actually I they're sponsored by Mira who make the shower. Yeah. Um, but their kit was rubbish. I had nothing to say about it. There's too many red football kits. They're all boring. It was the same as Lincoln's. So talk there about we go. the shower. It was is my main takeaway from the piece, mate. And it it made me feel like I got to know you a little bit better. I too have a Mira shower. It's not Bluetooth. Ah well, exactly. They are good showers, but uh, you know. But it just I think it gives a little bit more insight into the way the Hutch the Hutchman's brain works. Um right then friends, we're coming to the end of the podcast now. Anything else to mention, Andy? You've been watching, by the way, I've been enjoying the new Arsenal All or Nothing on Amazon Prime. You've been watching that? I started watching it last night while I was writing about Ipswich Colchester until two eleven AM. I watched three episodes. That's um, all you can watch. Is that all though is that all that's available only, so far? I think there's only three oh, okay. so far, yeah. Yeah, uh, I like Aaron Ramsdale's dad. He seems his, like his a, hat. an in, interesting character with his little hat. I yeah. think he likes a beer at games. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how long a lifespan football managers coming up with those interesting pre-match team talks kind of have, because you can't do that forever. Why has the background just changed? That's weird. I don't know. That is odd. That's unusual. Um yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder how long that that can go on because I, I quite like them. In, interesting move to get the club photographer to do a pre-batch team talk ahead of a, <laughs> ahead of a game. Um, <laughs> I bloody love you. Yeah. Oh, love the Arsenal. <laughs> go on. <laughs> um, I wish Arsenal fans wouldn't call their club the Arsenal. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, that, that irritates me. I've got but, to say, um, though, on early early um, watching, so there's only three episodes to watch so far. I think I'm enjoying it more than the previous ones with English clubs. Yeah. I think because, because you've got um, three quite compelling young English guys involved, you've got Ramsdale, you've got um, Smith-Rowe and Bukayo Saka, who are you know, all really kind of compelling um, players with, with good backstories. And they're also getting families involved, um, kind of connecting to the why. Uh, and Arteta's quite a compelling guy as well, isn't he? As you say, with these kind of convoluted speeches, and you feel like he really kind of feels it when he's saying it. Um, what was it he drew on that board? Was it a picture of a heart? He drew it was a picture, a, it was of, a picture like... of a heart and then a brain. <laughs> there was a heart on legs and a brain on legs. Uh, and it got, particularly when he was talking about one of them, it got progressively smaller, didn't it? 
and even on TV, you couldn't really see it. So I'm not sure what the players were thinking in there. Mm. Uh, and I also enjoyed Granite Zaka's uh, car. Everyone else is rocking up in like gold Bentleys, and he's got this kind of tiny little smart car. Yeah. Remember that? You've seen that? Fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, Lewis Hamilton always... drives a smart car. Of course, in he kind does. Of in real life, does he? I also, I also heard a story about Lewis Hamilton that all his like um, jewelry, Rolexes, etc., are fake because. He he figures that no one would think that he'd be wearing fake jewelry, and therefore he saves money by getting like the fake ones. Uh, and everyone, because he's Lewis Hamilton, just assumes they're real. So there you who go. Was, who on earth has told you that? <laughs> I, I heard Where, it. Is that there was a there was a bloke down the pub? No, 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 no. And he no, was no, saying. Seriously. He was saying. <laughs> no, I heard this on the radio. It was, Ooh, someone, was it a BBC station? It was a BBC station. Commercial no, ones? no, no, no. It's it proper, mate. Proper BBC. Uh, someone who'd just been interviewing Lewis Hamilton. As an aside, he threw it out there, and I thought, Do you know what? That's interesting. And also, it makes sense. Yeah, um, I love so that. So there you go. So if you are ever in a room with Lewis Hamilton and he's wearing some jewellery, grab him firmly by the wrist and examine said Rolex. I wouldn't have any idea what a fake Rolex looked like and how to identify one. And you would assume that it would be real, would you not, with a, a star of yeah. his? He must. The one question I have about that, he must <clears throat> at some point have had a had an endorsement deal with like Tag or or Rolex oh, at, yeah, some, at some point. Yeah. So he is going to own these watches. Yeah. Because um, he, he quite famously makes sure he put, I think it's Tag, is what he, he, he worked with. Like after races, he goes and the first thing he does, he's got his um, kind of personal assistant mm. who comes and gives him his watch that he he puts on and some people some people got a little bit tricked and thought that he drives with one on but he, they're they're actually printed onto his driving gloves he's got a Are watch they? on there oh there we go yeah so people think he's um he's driving in a rolex or a tag or whatever but um i'm not into watches but if lewis hamilton's wearing fakes it's, it's good enough for me and i love that you've 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 brought this gossip to us i think it's real knowledge um, I've blessed you with some real knowledge. What about edutainment here? Um, there's been a few hot chisms in here. We've talked about Lewis Hamilton wearing fake jewellery uh, and various other things as well. Right then, Andy, we've hit 45 minutes. We should probably take our leave because we've got things to do today. Um, any other business? I think we've covered quite a lot. Um, yeah, I've got a question. Um, yeah. Do this. This probably isn't one for the podcast, but I've started now. Yeah. Um, do you think... I should do the away kit rankings. All 92? Oh, yeah. Anything else would be like a backward step now. I feel, so, I mean, I feel like that's something I'd very much like to read. And I'm sure a lot of people would like to read. It's got an incredible amount of page views. So clearly content that the audience want, Andy. But my, my concern really is how it affects you on a personal level. Because um, writing that many words, putting that many, sourcing that many pictures, first of all, putting them in the story in order, then, then kind of proofreading it all, um, unless you kind of worked in journalism, I suppose if you've done like a dissertation or anything like that, you know, writing a lot of words and then reading them back is pretty grueling. Uh, and then when you throw all those pictures into the mix as well, a recipe for disaster and headache. Um, so if you feel that you can take that on, Andy, the people certainly want it. Um, so I would say yes. I will take your feedback on board. Okay, but I do think in future you may be wiser to restrict it to just the league that Town are in for personal well-being going forward. Feels like that feels like going backwards. I don't A cop like out. Going, I don't like going backwards. Arguably, the best way to not go backwards is to never go forwards, and then there's nowhere to go backwards. Um, just stand still. Be static. Just, yeah, that. Yeah, life advice. Just stand still. Don't. Yeah. Don't push yourself. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't show ambition. Um, I'll do them. It's going to take weeks, though. That's They'll all right. Pop there's, up. No, there's no They'll rush. Pop up. Could we get They'll them up for up. Christmas, maybe? A little Christmas present for the uh, the Kauai Army and our readers? Yeah. Yeah, we could do. We could, I'll, I'll commit to doing them before Christmas. What I won't commit to doing is any kind of third kit rankings because... Mm. They're impossible because teams always have third kits that you can't even find. And, yeah. and then, yeah, well, actually, Plymouth had their centenary uh, yellow third <laughs> kit that you, uh, you've you not ranked. I'd have had that third. Like, get a, get a grip. 
we're digressing big time here, Hutchie. But now, now we're talking about kits. I need to know. I've got to ask you. What's your all-time favorite kit? Tell me now. Like all-time favorite kit? Yeah, you uh, must have one that shines above all. Yeah, others. I've got, I've got them. I've got them both. Do yeah. you want to see them? I do. These are, these are the two kits that got me into into kits football, into football kits that that made yeah. me realize that fun exciting football kits exist let me get them. let's do it we stopped talking about ipswich town about 15 minutes ago well, yeah. i'm here for it we're digressing big time we're, this is we're this is what the people want we, we've got let to this point them. let's see these two kits and i've re- i've recently managed to get them um both of them so i'll, I'll be back okay for those of you just listening hutchie's removed his earplugs He's wearing some very fetching pair of pink town shorts, like the goalkeeper's kit, perhaps. Uh, and he has retrieved these two kits. I think you've muted yourself, Andy. There we go. Before you're you on mute, before you show that, um, I've got I've got a past comment on the the rather fetching pink town shorts you're wearing as well. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> they're really they... com- they're really comfortable. Is that the goalkeeper shorts? Yeah. Fantastic. Right then. Very, very these comfortable. Are, these are Andy Warren's two favourite kits of all time. For these of you just listening, I will try and describe them audibly, but whack them up for the viewers. I actually. think I'm going to do one. Seen... No, one they're going up together because they, okay. they're a pair. They're a pair. They're a duo. They're Watson and Warren. Um, <laughs> I think I think you've seen one of these before. Ah, they're your all-time favourite kits. Yeah, they're Germany kits. I mean, they are. They, I've got a, the, the white one is an all-time classic. You cannot take that away. I'm not sure about the green one. Oh, that's my. That is that, my one. That's your favourite. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk us through why you love them so much? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Basically, young Andy. Yeah. Kind of, obviously knew about football from a young age. Yeah. For the '94 World Cup in the United States was a big a big one for me yeah um because not only was it on the tv a lot watched it but also uh i don't know if it was a fit it's probably one of really early fifa games like mm. the first one of those my i think a, a family friend had it and used to play it every time we went around there is it and like FIFA, I, was it fifa 94 where you could yeah score every time by shooting diagonally yeah my my little trick was you could if you run down the left wing and cross yeah. exactly three strides inside the edge of the penalty area, there would always be a player there to just head it in every single time. But you that also, game was... You could also stand in front of the keeper, couldn't you, and just block, block yeah. the shot. <laughs> and you could run away from the referee when, yeah. when he was trying to book you. Yeah, um, That was fun. But you could, like, you could pick what kit your team wore and things like that. And, and then I saw these and I thought, wow football kits exist and um yes they're germany kits but but i absolutely love them they are so, beauties. Uh, it's an all-time so, yeah. classic so that's the 1994 germany home and away kit essentially yeah it screams klinsman it does yeah and what a player he was so there we go that we've answered the question andy warren's favorite football kits of all time um i feel like we've added quite a lot of value on to the end of this podcast uh hutchie after stopping talking about town, we've done a good 20 minutes or so now. A pretty much solid kit slash football chat. Um, so there you go. And with them being your two favourite football kits of all time, how long did it take you to get hold of them? And, how, and uh, please tell me they do something other than just sit on the on the hanger. Uh, no, they're on the hanger. <laughs> they're hanger. They're, well, they're now on the floor. Disrespectful. But... Um... It took me quite a long time to get. I've, I've got hold of them both quite recently for undisclosed fees. Um, yeah, there's a lot of fake ones of them around, so sourcing a couple of genuine ones has taken a very, very long time. But uh, I'm delighted to have got it over the line, Mark. <laughs> I think with you and kits is like Lewis Hamilton with 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 jewelry. Though, if someone sees you wearing a kit, they're going <laughs> to assume it's real because you're the kit man. So save yourself some money, mate, and get some knockoffs. Uh, I'm le- I am learning. I've been caught out by some knockoffs, but I'm learning now. I can t- I can tell. This I'm, is a whole extra pod in itself, Andy, because now I want to know how you identify fake kits. <laughs> how long have you got? Should we, <laughs> Should we just keep rolling? How? Do you- tell me. Um, 
each brand each, <laughs> each brand is different uh yeah. it's very it's very easy to do with with the more modern ones um because they all have product codes inside and people who fake them can't fake a product code because they don't know it um and if you find your product code and put it into either Google will do it for you or some of the manufacturers have their own authenticity portals. Kappa, yep. particularly good for that. Um, and you can verify them really quite, really quite easily. Um, I won't bore you with the details of how to spot a, a terribly faked Adidas badge because there, okay. there are some woeful ones, but there's some real good signs of um being able to tell a fake adidas badge um quite difficult to do with these older kits they don't have the the um they don't have like the codes and stuff but you can mm. you can match up there's a lot of things you can match up material um things like that. <laughs> things <laughs> i can't tell if you're interested or just hugely bored of course I'm interested, old friend. This is passion. As I say, passion is what you want in life. In every walk of life, you want passion. And speaking listen to anyone speak about their passion, you can't help be absorbed by it as far as I'm concerned. And a lot of people what are interested a in nerdy this stuff. passion. Absolutely um, not, my friend. It even <clears throat> goes down to like checking the washing labels and stuff, like washing instructions were different in the nineties. Like, I wow. know that sounds really dumb. And finding people that you that are trusted kind of sellers as well is obviously a really, really good thing. And these two mm. were both from from very trusted trusted sellers as was that perugia shirt so this is a pod almost in it and its own merits andy maybe like a, a a journey through your kit collection i think people would be interested in that and on a visual tip anyway we must bring this to an end i felt like we we're winding up at about half an hour we're now approaching the hour mark <laughs> we've done solid 20 minutes of pretty much non-itswich town related stuff hopefully you've enjoyed that friends you feel like you've got value added in this particular pod um Right, there really is nothing else to mention now, is there, Andy? Anything else you want to say? <laughs> well, Mark, no. Um, just just a brief apology for not being able to talk about MK Dons with enough passion. It's it's too early in the cycle. Um, yeah, we're not we're not fully into that match day cycle yet, are we, Andy? We're in the middle. That's the problem. Yeah, we've come, is, we've come straight from problem. one game. We've got we've got things to do this afternoon. Um, that will begin. Well, I'm off. I'm off tomorrow, but I'll, I'll yeah. spend the day getting pumped for MK Dons. That's what that's what I'll probably do tomorrow. So, absolutely, and I'll start. I'll kick off the match day cycle probably at seven. Don't you tomorrow. worry about that. We will kick off the match day cycle. We'll be bang up for it, right then, friends. Um, I hope you enjoyed that last twenty minutes of kit related chat uh if not enjoyed the rest of the pod um thanks for listening please support our sponsor manscape use the code ca at manscape.com for 20 off and free delivery and also follow us across all our social medias kings of anger on youtube instagram twitter and facebook and also please consider leaving us a five-star review on itunes because it helps people find us listen to us and join the Kawe army um we've, we've talked a lot we covered a lot of ground today we started with richard keogh and we ended up with how to identify fake german football kits that's the kind of range of things that we're going to bring you on kings of Anglia. if you're going to the game this weekend have a great one enjoy the game uh, if you're not following us you andy and roscoe will all be there so follow it with them have a great weekend whatever you're doing and we'll speak to you again next time <laughs>